You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 343rd episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in sunny Minneapolis, Minnesota. And this is Spencer in sunny Boston, Massachusetts. You guys, there was a, a lot going on this weekend. I don't think uh, there's any way to batter on the bush. Now, we took last week off, uh-huh. so we've got, we've got a lot to cover. A lot to cover. Shout out to anybody that successfully pulled off watching UCI Mountain Bike World Cup, Juro Stage 1, um, and maybe F1 on Mother's Day. If you could pull that off, you're a Slow Ride Podcast hero. Yeah. It's true. I did not pull that off. I watched all of them on tape delay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> mm, I did not watch all. Bits and pieces. Um, so much to talk about. And friend of the pod. Sister show on the network, Criterium Na- Nation, Rob Kelly, yeah. made Criterium Racing cool again in America. <laughs> so lots to discuss great. on this menu of, of opportunities. And when I came up with the idea of taking last week off, I thought uh-huh. we still had like one more week to talk about Juro preview. So clearly the Juro is like the big news. We got <laughs> a slew of listener emails. Um but I want to go into like what's fresh in my mind. And I think we have to talk about the UCI mountain bike world cup stage or round one in Alpstop, mm-hmm. Germany. It was fantastic. Red yeah. bull TV once again delivered. Um, mm-hmm. The women's race was won by Loana Lecomont. I'm pretty sure I nailed that from France over PFP For sure. and American Haley Batten with yeah. Sparkle Watts, Katie Courtney in fourth place. And in sixth place, uh, Lena Guerreau of France. So France on top of the women's side. Then on the men's side, France once again with Victor Koretsky of KMC Orbea out sprinting Nito Scherter with Matthias. As we all predicted. Just as we all predicted with <laughs> Matthias Flukinger in third with sink in fourth and a very game Thomas Pidcock so much to go on I'll come out I didn't watch all of the women's race just a a a little bit of it pretty dominating performance um by uh Lecomte uh to win by about a minute and then you had the Americans um kind of in a a, a third and fourth uh you know kind of a trio with PFP Mm -hmm. so overall it was a fun race. The course was good. Um, I'm assuming you guys were not able to watch some of the women's race or were you a little guy in particular? I was not yet. I only was able to watch the men's race while I was making breakfast. So I'm sure cyclocross radio will do a great media pit roundup um, on how all of that went down on the, the, the women's side. So make sure you check it out. I did watch the men's side mostly because I wanted to see Matthew Vanderpool win. Um, (laughs) and while he looked very good starting on the front row, kind of, you know, settled into that front group, starting from row 11, Thomas Pidcock, um, put on a clinic to get up to the the first group, I think like two laps in like two long laps in and stuck with it. Absolute machine. I loved it. It was was great. So much to go on. But the first thing I want to say is somehow because of the UCI is bizarre. Great Britain is not guaranteed a spot in the Olympics and they can't really earn a spot with any of these results. It all depends on how many um, spots like go to like France or the, um, the qualified teams that are already qualified. Like if they get three or two spots and then it will trickle down to which great Britain could get like a wild card. So regardless of how he does right now, doesn't determine if he's going to be in the Olympics, which is total, asinine uci stupidness so he could be leading the world cup 
in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And he wouldn't ha- be secured of an Olympic spot. Yeah, and the, the rationalization for that Makes is, sense. well, everyone has known what the what it would take to become qualified for the sure. Olympics, sure. right? So, like, the standards have been known for four years. Great Britain just hasn't yeah. had any good results. But he was in elementary school four years ago. What was he supposed to do? Just <laughs> He's supposed to get a hall pass and jump over and jump in the it's, elite men's race? I mean, that's insane. He had detention that one time, so he couldn't make it to that training the, camp in the Alps. It's crazy. Do you know what the best part is? Okay, so first off, the first two rows of Mountain Bike World Cups are determined by the single track race, which happens Friday during the work right. day here in America. It's great. Which There's nothing better the than best. a 12... Yeah, like it's so good. A 20-minute, 12 o'clock break... Like I remember, I just got off the, I just got off some Zoom meetings, and I was like, "Oh, let me see what's going on over on Red Bull TV." And they were just yep. starting. I was like, "I'm gonna kick my feet up for about 20 minutes and watch this the world's best." Matthew Vanderpool has been the best addition to mountain bike oh. racing in recent history. It's 100%. it's so good. So you have to be ranked in the top 40 to get yeah into the single start. track race. Yeah. So that so Tom Pidcock not in the top 40 didn't get to do it. So he's like yep. way back in row 11, which is kind of BS. I think they should just allow everybody. No, 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 no. That's fair. That's totally fair. At, I, I, you know, but the rankings sh- exist for a reason. Sure. And okay. Yeah. It's also a know. small track. It's, it is a small track. It makes sense. I, I understand the rationalization, but I think it should be, you know, was there eight people per row? Like it should yep. be the first five rows determined like one through 40 single track results. Those are all of like stage it out. So everyone's sprinting and not just the first two, but I digress. Vanderpool wins, um, 10 straight single track wins for Vanderpool dominated on mm-hmm. the last lap. Look great. Then come the race today up like the basically up the side of a mountain with three mm-hmm. big climbs. And then you go down it on a crazy descent. And on the, the finish for the men's race, basically, Pitcock was putting on a clinic, but Koretsky did this crazy attack on the downhill. Yeah, to take the win over the you know, arguably one of the greatest mountain bikers of all time, Nino Schurter. Yeah, that last awesome. uh, couple minutes was had me yelling at the at the screen. So very exciting. Little guy, did you notice that Vanderpool, Koretsky, like basically they all had the same color bike and fork combo, but they're on different teams. Because Koretsky's so. on an Orbea, and Vanderpool's on a Canyon. They both had a baby blue bike, and then they were all rocking like the blaze orange forks, which I, a lot of people had the blaze orange forks, so I'm assuming it's some kind of Fox thing. Someone email us, tell us why it's important. It's it's a Fox thing. Okay, so what, why were they all on baby blue bikes? It was very confusing to me. Baby blue and orange go quite well together. So other than that, I don't know. Baby blue is the hot, the hot, cool color for summer. Spencer, you said that with an air of authority. That you're like, Tim, you didn't, like, is this like a thing? Like, it's well known that uh, Fox makes orange forks or is that like their thing for the year? Just curious. No, they, they. They pretty much own own that orange okay. kind of color uh, in the in the shock world anyway, for sure. Okay, so it's like almost like a like a Bianchi with the Celeste. Like you see the orange fork, you're like, oh, that's a fox. Yeah, I think so for cool. their high end stuff for sure. All right, I didn't know that. I never have the high end. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> like it's weird. All my fox so, forks are black. Now. If I'm hearing you right, Tim, recapping this race, it sounds like Pitcock finished in fifth place and Vanderpool, while looking good and being in the front group, ended up finishing eighth, seventh? Seventh. Seventh. Yeah. Now, I imagine the Twittersphere is going crazy uh, with Pitcock shenanigans. They're, They're just loving it. They're eating it up. The UK is declared a national holiday and all. Yeah. Now, how much do you think... Vanderpool's dominating win on Friday at the short track ate into his, uh, you know, reserves for this race. Do you think because Pitcock didn't have to do uh, the short track, it, he had a, a little more, you know, dry powder, as it were, or whatever they're saying these days on the uh, cycling broadcasts? This is a really good take. 
I like where you're going here. Like, you know, like you're the curmudgeon that says like single track is what's killing cross country. Yeah. Cause mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was, <laughs> I don't know if that's my take. Yeah, no. but <laughs> I do think that Vanderpool put together an impressive race. Mm-hmm. He was not as dominating as we thought he was in pit cop to me put together a hell of a performance that if I was Nino Scherter or anybody else in that top 10, Matthew Vanderpool included like game changer. Yeah. I mean, they are lucky. He is maybe not going to the Olympics. So this, this brings up another question. Then do you think Nino Scherter is starting to have like flashbacks to Nova Mesto when Matthew Vanderpool came through from the back out of nowhere and, and you know, became the thorn in, in his side. Yes. And he's like, Oh, another one. Like that's his like response. (laughs) And then what's crazy is Victor Koretsky beating him. Like, I mean, granted he's the number two plate, but well, you know, Scherter's Scherter's not the king of the mountain as much anymore. I know he's 36 years old, but it's, it was impressive. I was going to ask here on the pod, like, what was a, the, you know, or I'll ask uh, the folks over at Cyclecross Radio, like, what was the more impressive kind of World Cup debut to like the hardcore dirt nerds that don't know, uh-huh. but didn't know about Vanderpool or didn't know about Pidcock today? Although I will say they were talking a lot more about Thomas Pidcock <laughs> um, today because he speaks English and he's oh, yeah. British on the Red Bull TV yeah. coverage. I'm not going to like, yeah. like, they they weren't no. shocked that this was coming, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, they didn't seem to know who Matthew Vanderpool was um, yeah. when that happened, which was pretty incredible. And I don't want to uh, derail us too much, but I did have to fact check you just real quick. Okay. Um, Schurter looks like he's thirty four years old. Oh, he's a baby. Yeah. He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. To be thirty four, a young man. He's he's the old man. <laughs> anyway, it was uh it was great to see. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh Christopher Blevins. Solid 13th place um, for yeah. the U.S., only two and a half down. Nice. So um, he more than likely will be the U.S. representative in the Olympics, and uh, it was cool to see. So America, both on the men's and the d- really great performance on the women's side, pretty good. Little guy. I want to give a shout-out to both Pidcock and Vanderpool going full schleck. Obviously, uh, <laughs> we've got the drop of Vanderpool saying he doesn't listen to the podcast, but obviously that can't be true. And Pidcock obviously has been taking tips. From Vanderpool, mm-hmm. fellow cyclocross racer, not used to the heat. They know that extra watts come with the jersey fully unzipped. Yeah. Very solid shout. And then one of the things that was that we'll probably get an email about, um, if we don't mention it, was uh, Flukinger uh, finishing the last lap with a uh, dropper post that did not raise. Yeah. Back so that, <laughs> that. they thought maybe he had a flat. They didn't, they knew something was up because he was like standing up at weird times. And yeah. Yeah. The, the remote that, post uh, didn't work. That's so. not that's that's a really bad thing to have fail. You know what? Yeah. I can I say something. Every time something fails like that on a rider's bike, I just mm-hmm. I feel kind of good in a way because the amount of crap mm-hmm. I've gotten through the years for something breaking on my bike at a cross race, and then some pros, uh, high tech uh, free crap breaks with their mechanic, and part of me is always like, see, everything breaks. Well, yeah, I mean, the definitely the watts and the the pressure that they're putting on those parts is, is very similar to the little guy it's, at uh, Spirit Mountain. It's, it's you know, similar to the watts I yeah. put on the dumpstered components that I have. I think that's like a, it's pretty yeah, much it's an equal ratio. Yeah, it's totally yeah. proportional. So like, yeah, anyway. Yeah, you've actually had a pretty good run of dumpstered parts, uh, little guy. The world wants to know after going to the Slow Ride Pod Instagram account, did the speakers work that you dumpstered and cargo biked home the whole way? totally work they sound pretty good i still gotta work on placement i i I listen to them for 20 minutes before the pod uh pair of clips kg 2.2s made between 1992 1994 uh there's they're good sounding speakers i gotta say um a solid dumpster fine fully working you have to hook those up to a uh, battery on your cargo bike so you can uh (laughs) i will not be doing that i just share the noise on the on the greenway I, i did look it up and they're not that big I mean, they're they're like bookshelf speakers, you know. Air quotes. They're twenty some pounds a piece, so it wasn't an insignificant um, weight to add that. And I had uh, Tom Boone and Tom Boone, and we had a bunch of food because we picnicked for Mother's Day um, out in 
like 10 miles outside of Minneapolis. So it was, uh, it was heavy, let's say, riding home. Well, great work. Um, let's get into my favorite thing of the week. Um, obviously, we'll, we'll get to the Giro here in a little bit, but I do think we got to give a shout out uh, to uh, Rob Kelly over at Criterium Nation for oh. posting a photo of a new rider to the Best Buddies team based out of here in Florida, our home criterium <laughs> team on the USA crits. And you think it so, would so, be um, just a normal yeah. post. You think it would just be like, oh. I'm, I'm looking at this now, Tim, and I know you're all hot to trot about this. And, uh, and this photo is, it's just a photo. It's just an Instagram. What's the big deal? Yeah, I don't explain. I don't it see me. anything uh, dramatic about this at all. Yeah, like it's, what, it's, what do we need to discuss here? Well, um, that, that picture is of Danny, uh, Estevez, sorry, of um, formerly, I believe, of Butcher Box Cycling, kind of a, a another good uh, Criterium team. And so Rob Kelly's like, hey, this changes everything because this guy is legit and can beat the best Criterium racers in the country. Okay. You know, basically just kind of throwing it out there, like watch out Legion and watch out, you know, Best Buddies now has someone else that's good because they, they just had Travis McCabe the pro criterion national champion and Justin Williams is really good at the internet leaves a comment that just says this changes nothing <laughs> kind of like a great shout across the bow. And that's the first thing I saw. And I'm like, yeah, wow, you got Justin Williams to comment like that guy's that guy's solid gold. He's awesome. He's the national criterion champion. This is, uh-huh. this is amazing. He's, he's staking claim. When's Tulsa tough. I want to watch it. And, then Travis McCabe came back on and was like, does it really change nothing? Because Travis McCabe, I don't know if you just noticed, I said was also the national champion. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask. Yeah. It must be different years or something. No, no. See, it's America. And this is how we do it is that you have an amateur criterium national champion and then you have a pro criterium champion. And the problem was is that Travis McCabe last year as the pro criterium champion, I believe I've got right. this right. We may have to go to um, friend of the pod, an ultra expert, Eric Saunders on this, but I'm pretty sure that because Travis McCade was on a world tour team last year for Israeli uh-huh. cycling Academy, he wasn't allowed to do the amateur criterium championships. And okay. so Justin Williams yeah. won a Travis McCabe less crit nationals last year. And then right. Travis McCabe won the pro race previous Did i sum that up i that right? i don't get it but i don't get okay. it yes yeah. it okay. doesn't really matter what Other does talks. matter so is that there was some great trash talk happening in the comments of this post <laughs> and rob yeah. kelly was like i got a thousand followers within like a day because of this yeah. um yeah. there are 158 responses um yeah, it's it's amazing. So Justin Williams, it doesn't change anything. Travis McCabe's like, hey, it does because this guy's legit. And by the way, I'm the real national champion. And, and Justin Williams like, I'm the real <laughs> national champion. And then they kind of start. At first, it seemed pretty playful. And now there's some legitimate crit beef that I that Criterium Racing is cool again. And I will be watching a lot of USA crits this year to see who's going to win. And de facto, maybe I'm on Team Travis just because he lives two miles away from me now here in Orlando. Not that I've been kind of stalking him in the neighborhood. I've been actually going up and down the main streets, just going like, has anybody seen Travis? And everyone's like, who? Um, Are you you trying to get like the the, uh, Strava Legends uh, thing just right outside his house? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, who's this guy that keeps riding up and down the block? Who's this guy that created a segment here that says the national champ lives here? This is really strange. (laughs) Hashtag Team Travis. Um, Well, I mean, by podcast rules, if you're Team Travis, I'm going to have to be Team Justin then. Yeah, the, this is 100% all in. Um, I will say this. I don't know enough about it. I'm going to try to find some more info here. But what yeah. I do know is this, is that there's legitimate trash talk happening on the Criterium Nation Instagram account. So major high yeah. fives to Rob Kelly because I love He's, crit you know, beef. This he, is amazing. He deserves it. He deserves it. Like beef is, is weird and it's a weird way to get the recognition. But Rob and Criterium Nation have been putting in the work on the crit scene for a long time. And so I'm, I'm really glad to see people giving his, his, uh, content, some traffic, you know? Yeah. So t- yes, people go in there for traffic, but I, I was just 
looking in at the 157 comments to see if there's anything. Like, I don't need to go into like all of the beef. All I know <laughs> is apparently they don't like each other. Um, one feels they're the real national champion. The other one is like, no, I am the amateur national champion. Like Justin Williams isn't going around like advertising him as like the pro national champion, but right. he gets a lot of media rightfully. Right. So he's really good at that. And his team is amazing at that, that, you know, there's kind of a, yeah. this weird gray area because unless you're a diehard fan of cycling in America and know that there's two national champions, you don't even understand but that's besides I mean, the point is that Alex Howes somehow got pulled into this because he's the road <laughs> national champion. So like yeah. okay. they kind of like pulled him in and then he's like, this is great to watch kind of like summary. It, it was awesome. I, I'm genuinely excited for Criterium racing for the first yeah. time since 2007 <laughs> when Eric Saunders was racing uh, Nature yeah. Valley Grand Prix, <laughs> Like nice. to be honest. Well, and this, this has spilled over onto all the other social medias as well with the hashtag crit, crit beef. Um, so, you, you know, if you want to dig in and see if there's any more drama that we've missed, please let us yeah. know. Um, but definitely go check out Criterium Nation on Instagram. And if you have not listened to their pod, uh, definitely do so and it, over at wideanglepodium.com. And I know Travis McCabe is going to be on that pod coming up. So I'm sure this will come up oh, on all okay. of it. And I mean, he was yeah. racing world tour last year and now he's back. So it's cool to see the different teams. Um, Tulsa tough is upcoming. Um, mm -hmm. it's right after the unbound race in June, I believe. And then you have, I don't know if Athens is happening. Cause that was always the other like major, um, crit series. Uh, but anyways, really cool stuff. Cool beans. As the kids say nowadays, uh, oh, check it say. out. Yeah. Do they say that? Okay. I don't um, know. I don't know any kids. I'm absolutely thrilled. So obviously we have a ton of Jiro talk to go to and a fair mm -hmm. amount of emails. Do we, um, do you guys want to hit the preem lap first? Check in with Michael Matthews, or you want to go to the uh, the Giro first? Let's go to the Giro. Let's hit, let's hit the Giro for yeah. a minute. We only got two. And, we only got a prologue and a and one stage. To yeah, hit. yeah, that's true. It'll be quick. Yeah, we can do make it pretty quick. A couple of quick shouts on this is that um, I think that the most exciting part that I've noticed in the first two days because I hate races that start with time trials, so I'm just kind of kind of forget that. Like, congratulations, Ghana, you won the race. Like, everyone's mm. surprised. Um, it, <laughs> and then what is that uh, Nizzolo got second in the sprint today uh, to uh, a very game Tim Merlier of MVP, uh, MVPs. MVDP MVPs. The little guy has been on his, uh, on that bandwagon for three years. Go back to episode, I don't know, like 250 years probably talking about uh matthew vanderpool's legitimate teammates yeah including a guy that just won juro stage uh two sprint Dude. value but value Nizzolo, for per race merlier has to be the highest value in cycling they gotta they must sure. they sign him on a three-year deal i bet they sign him for almost nothing it's it's, it's gotta be insane it's, it's amazing it is it is great so major win there um, the sprint today did uh, include a nice uh, run along the barriers, but yeah. these are the safe barriers where the feet don't come out. I was, I so, wanted to mention that because um, it's the first sprint that Gr Dylan Groenwagen yeah. has been back involved in, and of course he wasn't involved in this situation. Mm -hmm. But somebody does hit the barriers at a high speed sprint, and uh, and nothing terrible happens. And they stayed and up. That was good. Yeah, so was great. whose fault when two riders collide and somebody hits the barriers and someone is or isn't injured, whose fault is that? Well, I think the barriers and maybe the race promoter and the UCI might have some blame. It really shows that the UCI just me. does have some blame, that smart barrier systems um, would be the uh, the solution on all finishing sprints. Uh, you know, yeah. And we, I'm assuming that the, the, the Tour de France is still going to have like the old school dumb barriers, <laughs> right? With like the advertising coming out. And then you're, remember, when, remember when Hushfold got like cut by the, yeah. the PMU the, hand, the sprint yep. jersey hand. Oh, God. The cardboard yeah. hand because the kid was waving it and it like sliced his hand open. Or whatever, yeah, his arm, yeah. Um, so, no, but kudos to the Giro for for implementing the new barriers and for using them, and you know, obviously, it potentially saved a, a big crash today um, on the anniversary of a death ten years ago yeah. in the Giro. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, we're moving in the right direction. For sure, we are. And then it's also it's good to see Gronen Wagen um, back, you know, and keeping it upright, not being involved. Um, in this, but you know, he did sit hey, up on the sprint. 
But fourth, I want to go right? second place. Uh, yeah, there. yeah, he got fourth. Yeah, the, good result. First but day it, back. Well, yeah, but he didn't like go all in. It looked like he kind of set up a little bit there. I think, well, he was kind of boxed in by by Gaveria almost crashing by his so, teammate. If you've got... Um, <laughs> so Nizolo, member of uh, Quebeca Asos, which clearly is the team of the, the podcast lately because we're all about their uh, pull-up-by-the-bootstraps analytic style. Oh, for sure. Nizolo, yep. the one that's probably eating up 80% of that team budget, had a really good race today. <laughs> got second place. Yeah. Well, what I want to talk about is his helmet. I don't know if you noticed his helmet... It has an amazing mm. piece of artwork on the front, which is basically his uh, vaccination paperwork. It's like his waiver saying, like, hey, I've been vaccinated, but it's uh, mm-hmm. done in a sweet airbrush style. Um, cool. I really like it. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting I, touch. I didn't see it coming. I'll tell you that. I didn't see that either. I, yeah. I Is this a joke or is he just like, hey, I'm always going to be on the lead. So I'm going to be the vanguard of the Peloton coming through. And I'm just I'm, I've got my waiver up on top of my helmet. Now you guys know that, you know, vaccinated. Yeah. Here I come through. But, you know, I, I, I don't know what it means. I don't know what he's trying to get like, across. Like, is he an anti-vaxxer? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm asking so I many questions. I don't think I, so. I don't know. But I, I but I don't care because I am. I, it has been too long since we have had custom airbrushing on helmets yeah. uh, in the Peloton. And I love to see it making this a is, comeback. How, why is it taking this long? Little guy? What? Yes. Like, I mean, everyone's in aero helmets. That this should be a yeah. common thing. Like now, I know Jumbo puts the name of their rider on the top. That's cool. But yeah. how is this Which not? Is how is not every rider have something that's awesome like this on there? It's it's crazy. I mean, uh, Garzelli obviously was years <laughs> I was just gonna years say, ahead. Garzelli retires and it just goes away. I know, and it goes crazy <laughs> right afterwards. The aero helmets. No, he's definitely got to be kicking himself. He didn't live through more of an aero helmet time because uh, he obviously loved to get that TT helmet eagled up yeah. it, it almost makes me want to get an air an aero helmet fly back to minnesota go to the harmar mall because i'm sure that they're probably the type of mall that would have an airbrush studio in there and just yeah. have someone mm-hmm. like hey can you put bart simpson on here like saying eat my shorts and then that would be like a great <laughs> uh helmet to have yeah that'd be good yeah that'd be good if i ever have to buy a helmet maybe i'll get an air helmet just so i can get something airbrushed on there it'd be pretty cool what would you put on I your helmet, it. little guy? What would be what would be the airbrushed helmet? I don't know. You know, that's I mean, that's a it's a big decision. You know, you got I think you gotta, mine would be the Kool Aid Man coming through a brick wall. Oh, like, hey. that's pretty good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just says oh yeah. That's yeah. good. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna have to give that a good <laughs> think. You know, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to get yeah. out ahead of my skis. Maybe like Bozo the Clown. Like, hey, kids. Uh, Crest of the Clown, you know? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Well, if, if we're on style, what do you guys think of the new EF and Israeli kit? They uh, both busted yeah. out Ooh. new kits for the Giro. Uh, Are we shocked that EF has a uh, new kit not, considering the no. travesty that they had? But 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 is is the Israel team, I was surprised. And um, it's fine. It's different. It's more colorful. You can see it. I'm I'm kind of yeah. liking it. It's not like my favorite, but I like it more than their normal kit. You like it? I I don't. I think I just don't like their normal kit. It, you know, because I looked at the I, new kit and I'm like, I don't know why I really like this, but like, I think I like, you it, like it more it than it's the, not the other one. It's yeah, it's something different. And I mean, I think every team needs to do the change up at least once a year. It's insane that you can and teams haven't done this more. Uh, uh, maybe they will now because EF obviously showed last year that it's a it's it's your dollars in the I mean, bank so it it's gonna look really good when alex dowsett comes across the line to win an, a stage of the giro this year let's right? like it's got the nice multicolored look it looks a little bit too much like you mixed um ketchup and mustard together for kind of this weird kind mm-hmm. of brown mm-hmm. red swirl thing yeah i do like the education first kit yeah me too um in particular oh, no. i love how it looks with the cannondale bikes I do think that those Cannondale bikes are the best looking bike in the Peloton right now. Um, I like the new font that they're doing on the Cannondale styling. I think it looks good. Um, what do you think, Spencer? You know, I, I like it. I actually, I think the kit and the redesign or the Giro design, whatever we're going to call it, um, looks good. I am I am actually shocked that little guy likes it. I did not expect that. Um, so I'm a little bit, I'm over here 
kind of reeling a little bit from that. You thought you didn't uh, think I'd like the I EF? Expected... No, I didn't. I didn't think you'd like it. Um, oh, I, yeah, I I like it more. Maybe a little too simple for you. Oh yeah, no, no, I I do like it. I I like it more <laughs> than the, you know, like the duck kit, the palace combo was just fun and it was crazy. But I wouldn't wear that. Yeah, I would totally wear this EF kit, like a hundred percent. Well, it's it's got that Mondrian kind of feeling, yeah. right? Like yeah. so, which it is definitely does, which is pretty cool. I just I I love how it looks with the the bike. Yeah, that's, they, that's they integrate it well with the bike. But they do. Did did they come out firing too hot with the Palace collab? You know what I mean? Like, is this yeah. automatically a step down? Like, like this one is not going to be selling on eBay for ten thousand dollars like a year later. Like, you know what no, I mean? But like, this was the thing with this one. I think though is is you just do a, like hopefully Rafa just did a bigger run because. I wouldn't wear the Palace one. It's silly. It's cool. I'll be happy if I ever see it out you on a ride. You totally but wear that. It had a duck on it. You'd be like, <laughs> if, you'd be like oh, this if, is really cool. If you give it to me, I suppose, but like the prices were insane. The current kit, if it's just selling at normal yeah. kit prices and I needed kit, then like if they make enough of it, actually, I would like consider this kit as a stand. Like if I had to choose between two EF kits, I would sit there and him and haw. As opposed to the, so, the Palace one, I was like, I'm not going to pay $9,000 for a jacket, you know? The reason the Palace kit is is reselling on eBay for so much money is not because it's EF, not because it's <laughs> cycling, not because it, yeah. they didn't make very many. It's because it says Palace on it, okay? Dude, like, I can I write Palace on this piece of paper. Should I do that? It would, you know, if you did it in the right font, it might be worth yes. something. All right. Sell it as an but NFT. The, sell it as an NFT? I, I like it. Do you? What are the odds? Maybe we should check uh, Roller Derby to see if Luke has a prop on if the UCI is going to um, punish Education First for having a jersey that has multiple national champion flags on it. Like, I'm sure the UCI is trying to find a way to... Uh, I mean, th- those, those flags are bigger than uh, yeah. the ones on UAE. Yeah, they're going to be like, stars. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be like, oh, I know, uh, the UCI is definitely going to find some kind of rule book to go after that one. Yeah. yeah. It's worth it, though. I, have, uh, I, I think that this kit looks looks better than their regular kit. I, I have a bigger... Um, bombshell that i want to float to see if you guys uh, uh take it take the bait oh, yeah, from yeah. me uh about ef education first but i think it needs to wait until uh after we talk to our australian oh, correspondent um because you know it may eat up some time okay for sure so let's get with it may not let, let's give a shout to and a call to friend of the pod big time listener michael matthews see how he's doing at this year's juro I mean, I mean, watching this year's show. Hi, I'm Hugh Carthy from Education First Cross Cycling, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Prem Lap. A couple things to give quick review. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com. Find out the family of shows, but please take a look at our shop because here's why. We have some great limited edition Slow Ride podcast t-shirts. It'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Got to put the kid into college at some point. So if you could help us buy those, that'd be awesome. All designed by three local artists. They're all great. I see yeah. them all around. I ran into someone wearing one the other day that absolutely blew my mind. I was like, man, it was really cool to see someone wearing locally sourced art. Um, Pete Hollihan, uh, uh derailleur. Um, t-shirt. I wear mine that you guys helped design, but here's why we got to sell those out because yeah. I need them. I need them out of my basement. We need them out of the basement yes. and we got to make a limited edition <laughs> slow ride podcast kit. We got a new oh, kit idea. This is news to me that we would love to, to, to get out there to unveil to the world. It has been designed in my head. Um, I'm excited. we need to get it out and going. Um, more emails about this later, but just go ahead, a, take a look at the shirt. This is a Ponzi scheme situation. You need to yeah. sell this to pay for your next uh, yeah. thing you're working on. Yeah, it's it's like the the, the burger guy from Popeyes. Okay. Um, All right. Anyway, check it out. <laughs> Head to wideanglepodium.com. Click on the link to the shop, and you can find three great shirts and a bevy of information on all the other shows and how to become a donating su- 
supporter of the wide angle podium network. I think, um, uh, if little guy gets airbrushed, like Thomas, the tank on his, uh, arrow helmet, oh, that'd be good. Tim, you're, you're going to now get uh wimpy from Popeye on yours, uh, with that <laughs> reference you just made. Nice. We got, <laughs> well done. Thank, thanks for that shout. I was wondering where you're going to go on the, the wimpy, uh, reference. Um, bucklerskincare.com. They have great chamois cream. It is the oh. miracle wap chamois cream. We got an email this week from Robert Glover in the Faroe Islands wondering if Garrett Thomas used a little bit too much <laughs> Buckler's Miracle Wap chamois cream when he slipped off the hoods at Romandy. And I think that this is an actual solution to, to the query that we had on how he slipped off the hoods. It's because uh-huh. he was taking our advice, bought the eight ounce tub at bucklerskincare.com and just slipped off those hoods rather than sprinting in the drops where you should be sprinting from. Yeah, I feel like if that is the case, he maybe didn't read the uh, instructions on the label carefully enough because um, it doesn't go in your hands. No. Yeah, for sure. It goes, well, you got to use it on your hands though, Spencer. Yeah, but if you're not if you have a swan yeah, ear. Yeah, I was gonna say if you're Garen Thomas, it goes in your swan ear's hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, the the final thing we need to talk about uh, is, of course, the um, fine blends that of coffee that support the Wide Angle Podium Network, uh, available from Grimper Brothers over at WideAnglePodium.com/slash/coffee. We've got two great blends right there um, right now. Uh, Hello, Cyclocross Friends and the Viewer Mail, which uh, both purchases um, support the network directly. So if, uh, if coffee is your thing, definitely go check out wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. That's right. Let's head back to the show. Here is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are back at the show. I got to thinking um, when we talked about what happened to Garrett Thomas at Roma D, because clearly that would have been a whole slow ride conversation. But I did actually um, pick up uh, the world according to G because I was curious about what had happened. So let me um, turn to the page that dealt explicitly with this. Um, It's actually sprinting with G uh, right here. Okay. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, but I get up again. No. Um, he wrote that, that's huh? It's a, a, a great writer. Yeah. yeah. Sounds and then familiar, he goes on to but... say, when it happens, you need a whiskey drink, and you need a vodka drink. Then you need a lager drink and a cider drink. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like G. Huh. It sounds like G. Yeah. It sounds pretty, yeah. No? On brand. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Interesting. Well, you know, I mean, you can't question these ways. He's one of the elder yeah. statesmen of the uh, of the Peloton. So That, that one just really landed with a thud. Yeah. I loved it. Landed well. I thought, I thought of that one all week. On. I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to just talk about Chumbawamba <laughs> on the pod. And it just didn't go, <laughs> didn't go as planned. I'm I'm like desperately trying to move on. I mean, you keep dragging us. Yeah, back yeah little guy. If you could just cut that one in post, okay, that'd be great. It. I mean, we're we're right, making um, fun of G a lot, but he did end up winning the overall. You know, so yeah, yeah it worked which, out um, in the end. He's in good form. And this then year. Casey Harmon also emailed to say that uh, you know Mark Soler won again. You may remember me suggesting him as hateable with that yep. self with his selfish ineffectual attacks, but he did win with panache at Romandy. It was a pretty mm-hmm. classy victory. So maybe he's involving as a person and this was his reward. Although he's only 27, 27 is no smarter than 21. (laughs) So what do you think? Yes. Little guy. Solaire cool now? (laughs) No, he still kind of bugs me too. So (laughs) we'll see. He's at the Giro, isn't he? We'll see what he can do, right? I think he's at the Giro. So look, you love talking about Roman D. Um, Is Garrett Thomas now the favorite for the tour? Man, he did look good. I, I don't know. I mean, I was surprised. He's he's obviously kind of was a little slow in his preparations some other years. So he's he's looking good. Forms right right there. Look good in the TT. Look good on the mountains. So yeah, 
keeping the Ineos GC game plan as confusing as humanly possible because (laughs) Richie Port was not looking bad either, also up there in the GC. And then we'll have Teo showing up for the tour as well. And then Carapaz maybe as well. I don't know. I mean, just... And Bernal is looking pretty good right now. I mean, if when he wins this thing, uh, they're going to need to take him to the tour. They'll send him to the tour. Oh, it's... It's such a mess. It's the best mess to have, right? It's great. I don't know. We got uh, two emails this week from uh, David Price. Uh, combined into one, just uh, hit on the top, was about the zombie apocalypse cycling accessories. Dear Slow okay. Ride Threesome, all this talk about the zombie apocalypse bike, and he voted for the rail bike, got me to thinking, what would be the most essential uh. zombie apocalypse cycling as- accessory? And he narrowed it down to um, three. A wheel hub electric charging unit to keep devices charged. Mm -hmm. Actually, pretty good. Mm -hmm. That's rational. A plastic tire liners to prevent punctures on post-nuclear blast roads. Huge fan of this, as you guys know. Um, I I was an early adopter of Mr. Mr. Tuffy strips. Um, Still got several. Remember how I used to rock those things? You guys made fun of me. Guess who never got flats? I guess you. I don't know. Me. I had gator skins. Yeah. Yeah. Gator skins. They've come pre-Tuffy strip from the factory. Yeah. Yeah. Cycling and then cycling gloves with spiked knuckles to fend off um, attackers. Uh, I wouldn't let them get that close. Yeah. That's uh, those are good tips. Those are good tips. Um, you know, the, uh, the Mr. Tuffy conversation made me think of, uh, how that technology has come full circle and that EFR testing those kind of airliner yeah. uh, deals like foam yeah. inserts on their road tires, um, which just seems to defe- defeat the whole purpose of um, everything, really. Um, <laughs> it does feel like just run tubulars. That, but. Yeah. Um, but that reminded me of my, uh, my EF uh, education theory. Okay. That I, I just want to float. It, this could be an open and shut case, uh, but, you know, we'll see. Now, I want to ask you guys if you could sum up what kind of rider does EF Education First hire? Like, who do they find? Who do they seek out um, as as kind of their typical, you know, their their so signing? So I would say that they tend to get someone that has, you know, kind of that independent panache media following, like a Lachlan Morton, mm-hmm. um, a Mitch Docker, mm-hmm. friend of the pod. We love Mitch Docker. Mm-hmm. And you know what? If they got rid of Mitch Docker, I'd be really pissed off. So keep keep <laughs> signing Mitch Docker. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think the Morton brothers would be prime examples of that. Is, is that kind of, and then Taylor Finney kind of rolls all into that? Like, Yeah, yeah, that's part oh, of it. Yeah. Okay. Anything, anything else? I, anything I else? think they definitely, a lot of projects. Yeah. I yeah, think, a lot of investments think, into talent, yeah. like younger talent. Right? Yeah, it feels like JV really wants, he wants a project. So he would have picked up those speakers that I found on the side of the road tonight. Because he'd Absolutely. be like, Absolutely. That is, if I have to, that is what I'm looking yeah, for. Yeah. Well, he's like, if I have to put in some extra time to polish this this guy up, yes. that's fine with me. He's always looking for that, that he, the guy who hasn't had enough attention, hasn't had the team really believe exactly. in him, you know? Exactly. Well, then, 100%. Why did, he not, both... why did he not sign Bettenker? Uh, I think we, I know, think why. we know I think we know why. Why didn't he sign yeah. Tim Merlier? Um, I mean, I think that's so, the real question. He should have signed Tim Merlier. Circling this back around, you guys both touched on two different aspects of exactly what I was hoping you would say, because it's exactly what EF does. And what Vodders does is he's, he finds those diamonds in the rough and he polishes them. He's like, maybe they haven't been as good lately and, or or whatever, and he can bring them back to their former glory. Mm-hmm. But also, like, he knows the value of star power and, and of followings on Instagram or whatever else. Yeah. Um, and, you guys, there's a rider who's out of contract at the end of this year who just hasn't been his former self. Okay. Um, for the last couple of years, who could return to glory? And I think. And it's not TJ Van Garderen because he's already on the team. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. If he doesn't sign with his current team, which it sounds like he's not going to, could Education First be a good launch pad for V2.0 of Peter Sagan? I don't think they can afford him. I definitely have this had the same thought you. Yes, I think he would no. be an interesting mix on that team. Um, yeah, I guess that I'll just naysay 
just from like the the fundamental part of this is that he's bringing specialized with him wherever he goes or he's going to yeah. go to a specialized team. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming, that gives him but, what options that gives him Bora or it gives him quick. Well, stuff. I'm assuming Bora loses the bike sponsorship if Sagan goes. And so then, you know, where does he go? But I think Cannondale's too ingrained That's, with EF. Now here's the thing. Where did Peter Sagan start his whole career for many decades? Liquid gas? <laughs> many decades, many Cannondale, years. Yeah. Um, and was the face point. of Solid point. Cannondale. Yeah, but I just... I think that they would do pretty much anything to get him back. Do you think that... Oh, man, can you imagine that bidding war between Specialized and Cannondale for Peter Sagan? Um, it could be exciting. I, I, you know... How do you explain Peter Sagan? out of thin air. Cannondale being a publicly traded company, can you imagine trying to explain, um, like... Peter Sagan to like shareholders at like the, the the annual conference like hey here's this guy he's yeah. amazing <laughs> he hasn't had any results but, but just yeah. trust me here's a picture of him with a fish um yeah that would be great will it happen I mean the other I don't know the other I mean it's pretty far fetched I'll give you that but I mean it makes sense in that it ticks all the boxes that JV loves and also that if he ends up winning races and doing well and whatever, he doesn't actually need the rest of the team to do any of that. Yeah. Like he can just sort of do that on his own. They don't need to build a sprint train for him or anything. Yeah, it's true. That'd be good. I'd, I would like that. So if he, if would he you, goes, would you put hope... EF as a favorite here, Spencer? I'm trying to get what, like I'm, I'm putting quick step as the favorite here. Like, well, like he's going to quick step is what I, I'm assuming. I mean, so a lot of pieces are moving around. A lot of rumors are flying around right now. Um, but Sam Bennett is, going to be the guy. Right. And I don't think, uh, I don't think there's anything else that makes as much sense. I don't know if there's anything to be frank that makes sense for Pegan, Peter Sagan. <laughs> Israel startup um, nations is like, Oh, we already spent $6 million a year on Chris Froome. Right. Like <laughs> that's, another- that's probably the next best I would option. Not yeah. Be surprised at all. If he ended up on them at all. Yeah. yeah. So, well, now that they got uh, Travis McCabe off the books uh, with that American <laughs> crit championship jersey, um, so, you know, they could probably afford him. So would you guys spend a lot of money on Peter Sagan to totally. come to your team? Totally. I would, be, I would, yes. Chris Froome money <laughs> to Israel Cycling Academy? Oh, yeah, man. He's, he's, I know. he's constant I, press. He's going to win some races, you know? Like, he's won like, a couple but, little things this year. So think of the market. Think of the market that Chris Froome has set up for Peter Sagan. Peter Sagan's got to be thanking Chris Froome so much because all he needs to do is just point to Chris Froome's contract and be like, this guy literally has nothing left in the tank. He may not even make the Tour de France team for <laughs> Israel Startup Nation. Yeah. And, yeah. and Peter Sagan's like, I can still win and get good press. I don't know. I just, I mean, he's going to make a lot of money. He's top five today at the Giro, yeah. you know, so he, he's still got he's it. He's going to make a lot of money. Um, I just, I wonder what team would take him. I mean, EF is probably a pretty good one, Spencer. I do think that it's going to come down to some like, you know, Israel startup nation just being like, all right, we're just going to throw even more money at yeah. the yeah. older you gotta cyclists. His, you got to take his brother too. So you got to, you got to have two <laughs> spots, you know, mm-hmm. He's probably also got some other teammate he brings with him. You know, he feels like that kind yeah. of guy, kind of like, like Nibali always brings man, a couple yeah. people. Yeah, so yeah, it it's not without its well, problems. But that's a that's a solid <laughs> shout, Spencer. Thanks for uh, bringing that up. Uh, uh, dear slow ride triumphant, I come to cycling later in life. It is a wonderful activity which includes exercise, travel, social interaction, technical innovation. Like most enthusiasts. I enjoy racing, riding, cycling kit, and minus one and plus one in the slow ride pod. However, as I've consumed mm-hmm. cycling meteor offerings, I have a haunting question. And this is oh. all in bold. I would just like to think <laughs> that he just couldn't adjust the font size to like 48. But is it just yeah. me or does cycling media have a tremendous pro-British anti-US cycling bias? <laughs> um, no. Multiple, multiple examples about Team Sky... <laughs> Multiple examples about how, um, you know, they just keep bringing up Lance Armstrong and then Chris Froome's uh, ability to skate away. So this comes to us from David Price, um, Esquire. So we are, uh, we are contractually obligated to say, no, there is no bias whatsoever. 
So none. We how do we want to approach none. this? Because so, any, so, so, any further questions should be directed to the legal team here at the Slowride Podcast, which for which he is. So the the question here, um, mm-hmm. I, well, little guy, what what would you explain our normal tact on bias and cycling media when it comes to racers? What what do we normally say? Um, let me say. Well, there, there's definitely the British bias, and then if they don't speak English, we just sort of yeah ignore them. So, so even if if they're Colombian, but they speak fl- well enough English that we we can our lazy asses can do well, an interview yeah. with them, we're like, oh, they're great, we love them. Um, but for years, there's riders who just you never only only speak you never, English myself. Right. You never hear if, anything if you, from them directly. If you have not won a Grand Tour and you don't speak English. Eh, good luck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? yeah. In in regardless of the media, both U.S. or British cycling media, yeah. um, I think is very important to point that out because that's why we have always kind of said that there's always like this just hate being thrown at Valverde, whereas mm-hmm. there's just kind of general love affair for you know cyclists that have been able to speak English and get through the um, yeah. the doping offenses and bans over the the years, and. I do think that there's there's that bias if it's a not if you're a non English speaking cyclist. Um, however, British cycling media is pretty pretty strong and very very popular. And I would I would expand yeah. it out to the Commonwealth when I say British cycling media. So any of the Commonwealth countries, uh, mm-hmm. obviously um, into you know Australia uh, um, and then into uh, Canada or, or wherever. But in particular, it's important to point out that cycling. It's a cycling mad time over in the UK right now. Like there is a lot of folks that that watch what is going on, fueled by dominance in the Olympics, yeah. Brad Wiggins, and then the Chris Froome um, show. It so they they kind of get the you know there's more UK it's, it's, media than US media. Yeah, it's it's where all the hype is right yeah. now in cycling for sure. Um and so yeah, the media focuses on it. Um they're doing well, so you know, they've got this uh guy I've never heard of before that I just saw on the results sheet of mountain bike race today, Tom Pitcock. <laughs> um seems like he's doing well. So you know, they've kind of got all their bases covered and uh yeah, if that's where the media is coming from and I mean I don't read Italian, so I yeah. can't read the Italian blogs or journals or whatever. Um, they're probably real high on Gaveria or whoever. Um, I think it's more of not. just that there isn't as much U.S. cycling media, and it come it funnels over from the U.K. side, and then therefore they're going to yeah. be a little bit more. Um, and yeah, also, what has the U.S. really done on the men's side of racing? Now, that is also the bigger bias, right? On the women's side, we're... We're extremely yeah. um, strong, yeah. bet way um, you know t- top true. performing nation, and so I think that there's a lot more um, information coming that way that's uh, more respectable, both on the dirt, um, cyclocross, and then mm-hmm. road as well. So it is an I, interesting I w- thing. Yeah, I would think um, you know finding finding a good source of uh, kind of neutral um, quality news is is pretty tough to do. I think the inner ring is probably the best. Very good example of somebody that gives a pretty fair shake across the board, except for anything on dirt because he doesn't care about yeah. mountain bike racing or, or cycle cross, which is totally fine. Um, but as far as road racing goes, I think, I think he does a good job over there at the inner ring of covering kind of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as major media goes, it's, uh, yeah, you, you read know, your, you give a your 400th article about Cav and you're like, maybe cycling news is biased. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we can read more about N- Nizzolo. Um, Spencer, great shout. Inner Ring. Um, yeah. Everyone should check out Inner Ring for some great details and kind of that English yeah. media in English, I, but a very wide yeah. macro lens of what's happening, um, both on the business yeah. side and then also on the race side. Yeah, it's been a go-to, I think, of all of ours for a decade for sure. at least. And, and I take it for granted that everybody knows about Inner Ring, but if you don't, Go Google it up and find it because it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. Ask Slow Ride Team Kit. Hey, guys, longtime listener, and I think you do a great job. Well, I'm just going to stop reading the email there. That would yeah. be fantastic. Uh, thanks, beautiful. Carl. Great. Uh, great, great to see you. Um, I was out riding today and saw someone resplendent in a full Kaha Raw kit, no Ooh, helmet, nice. just a cap, 
white overshoes. His white was super white and looked incredible. I said hello and asked if he was a Hugh Carthy fan. I live in the north of England and share the same hometown as Hugh, but that's about as far as the similarities go. Anyway, I spent the rest of my ride thinking, where can I buy some sweet pro-team kit? In this season, there's nothing better than the Delco team kit. And a bit of Googling mm. brought up nothing but AliExpress specials. This kit is made by Marcelo Bergamo, however, and they don't seem to sell it on their website. Thanks in advance, Carl. That's a shame. Now, I agree that the Delco kit is the best kit in pro cycling right now. If you're going to go down to the continental levels, I love the the horizontal striping. I think it looks good. I like the blue. Um, Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I do think that this, this would be a prime candidate. I'm pitching this to you guys now. I think that this would be a prime candidate for like a slow ride mock kit. What do you guys think? Delco? think I mean, obviously here? I'm down. Swap out the Delco. Delco for SRP. I mean, it has shades of Castorama and you guys know that's <laughs> where my heart lies. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that kit a lot. I would, uh, but I would rock it. All right. And Spencer thumbs up, thumbs down. I mean, I'd rock the Delco kit. I don't know if I'd rock a knockoff version. <laughs> the knockoff slow ride one? <laughs> uh, you know, probably. Because I guess if it's a my own podcast on it, I would. Okay, so all right, regardless of that, but let's get back to the meat and potatoes of uh, of Carl's email. Is that someone was rocking the full-on Kaha Rual kit without a helmet, the cap, and the all, like, bleach white overshoes? I'm kind of in love with this person. I don't even know who they are. If anyone knows this person, give them a virtual high five for me. But rocking that kit with the white, the crisp mint whites on the feet. Love it. In particular, the lack of the helmet. I always wear a helmet when you ride, when you wear, when you uh, ride bikes, but there is something romantic in the, uh, yeah, Euro. Unless you're doing it full Euro Euro kit. Yeah, like a do you <laughs> do you guys remember this? I don't know if you guys were at this edition of the famed Minnesota season opener Durand Road Race in Durand, Wisconsin. Uh, there was a oh. year where most of this course uh, didn't have an actual ye- physical yellow line painted on the road. So to enforce the yellow line rule, they had you know the car, but they also said they're going to have somebody riding the course in reverse, just like checking on all the fields because there's like seven fields out there at the same time and there was okay, a guy yeah. in the full uh the full carrot kit uh uscatel full ivan mayo zabeldia era kit no helmet had the matching bike he had he had the whole look on um riding the course backwards and all i could think as a as a dumb cat four going past was is that like really an, an acoustic like a, a rider from that team who's just out here just doing a training ride. <laughs> just <laughs> no. so an oh, impression boy. scared me. It was so Euro, I was like, I'm gonna so follow the rules. I don't know. I, I, I remember that edition of the race, little guy, that they had someone going the other way to enforce the uh the yellow line rule. Um I do also remember the edition, I think the next year where they put a, a gentleman with a, a very high powered telescope. Yeah. <laughs> Like the next hill down. Yeah, they did, didn't they? That was oh, like God. looking in with a clipboard. So you would go past him. So you would see yeah. him on the on the shoulder as you're riding straight. And yeah. you're going down a hill with a big climb coming. And he had his telescope so he could get your number in case you like went over the yellow line <laughs> the, while you climbed the, the hill. Yeah. It, was a, it was a brilliant way to the, enforce um, the yellow line the, rule. The thing people have to understand is this race had... Uh, you know, it's four corners or whatever, but it had um, two longer sections in this in this rectangular road that I believe had lines, and then it, the two shorter sections didn't. Yeah. But because you only have four corners, anyone who's done a USA Cycling race knows that you come out of that corner and it is a sprint, like like it's like a finishing sprint every time because there's so there's only one or two moments a race when the ra- or the a lap when it breaks up, and so that area where there was no line was pure mayhem because it was a short section with a little hill and there was no line and you could not let the wheel go in that part and so people are jumping across the line in air quotes and yeah they were they were militant about it 
God, what a weird Rightfully race. so. I love it. It's I love, great. Oh, yeah, rightfully Rules. so. I think so, I saw one uh, horse-drawn carriage on that course in the, like, five years I ever did it, so made sense. But we are fans of anybody rocking a full team pro kit. We do normally um, advocate for wearing a pro team kit after the team has changed sponsors, I think is kind of our our official tact. (laughs) So you don't get confused out on the roads of Western Wisconsin as a member of the Uskatel team. Like you would wait (laughs) like a couple seasons. Like right now would be a prime time for Spencer to bust out the Credit Agricole kit so that just enough people would be like, Oh, that was a grid looking. Is that Tor Hushfold? Man, mm-hmm. you know, he's looking looking okay. Hey, that's that's two Tor mentions in this episode for you, Tim. That's pretty good for a 15-year-old uh, yeah. career. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, now, the Kaha Rual kit, though, maybe started the trend of the actual lower-level teams in Europe having excellent design for their jerseys. So that is a that is a primo find out there on the back roads and um yeah i mean you may have actually seen a pro cyclist because i don't know where you would find one of those kits otherwise um my my cursory googling did not turn up anything either so best of luck to you in finding one they're beautiful kits and if you see that guy again get his autograph Mm. because who knows he may just be a pro um Real quick, uh, little guy, because you're uh, you're 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 in on this, Spencer. You also um, are kind of our resident designer. Um, before we get into uh, final secret email, the little guy got. Um, do you guys rank the Delco as the best kit in that Continental, or do you go with the um, the Kern Pharma? Um, oh, that's a. I'm. I can't remember. Is Porto? W fifty two or whatever are they are they pro Conti, are they like huh. the step below? I think they're the step below. Okay, because I really like that kit a lot. It's blue, kind of some blue vertical lines. Yeah, they're a step below, huh? I just looked it up. Yeah, darn. Okay, I really like that kit. I was gonna, I was gonna push it up in the rankings. All right, I was just curious. Yeah, I think right Delco is up there. I'm. You know, I like the B and B hotels when I'm feeling kind of crazy. Like I want to mm-hmm. hit the club. You know, um, it feels it feels sort of like a Friday night. Drop some a- drop some acid or something. That's it, and then you put on your B and B kit. You go crazy. For sure. Speaking of B and B going crazy, have you seen um, uh, who's it? Pierre Roland doing really well down in uh, Rwanda. Rwanda yeah, you win it. Rwanda? You win the GC. I think maybe. Yeah. yeah. It was a uh, a throwback of all throwbacks, like. Yeah, I know. Amazing. Well, speaking of uh, Jonathan Vodder's projects that maybe didn't pan out, we've all we've all yeah. got a Pierre Roland in the driveway that we meant to put that turbocharger on, but it just didn't work, and yeah. you ended up just yeah. punting it on Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> all right, little guy. What what did you have um, this right. week? Uh, speaking of Craigslist, to you. Secret email. I was exchanging some secret emails with uh, Spencer and Big Matt, the famous Big Matt, um, about some uh, crazy vanigans for sale locally in Minnesota. But at the end of one of the emails, Matt added, P.S., please add me to the tally of Tim being first dead during the apocalypse. This is. Then I would have to think Spencer would fall next. Sorry. I think Matt is probably the most resourceful in that aspect. Also, please forward my comments to Tim if you could. There you go. Oh, also, he has a 24-inch cruiser um, for sale, Tim, if you're interested. Well, well I was going to buy that, but, you know, <laughs> maybe you shouldn't uh, go after the, the guy that, that, that's your target market there, Big Matt. That's and true. also, that's true. I, I would definitely survive the most, the longest. Okay, I was I'm, just saying. I'm wondering, Tim, how much do you think little guy had to pay Big Matt to write this email? I Spencer, have not you're seen on this email, email thread. I'm, you know I didn't pay him anything. I, I'm pretty sure. I don't know I'm that. I'm pretty sure the little guy just created his own account. He's he's catfishing <laughs> it's us possible. all. Possible. I mean, the grammar sounds you know more complete and put together than a normal Big Matt <laughs> yeah. rant. So, uh, I mean, you can go read back to. It. I will There's say a lot this, of weird stuff I, about chopping up a vanigan and making it into a mud truck. Mm-hmm. So it, the real question for it big, checks out. The, the the big question for Big Matt and for everybody is who would they'd rather hang out with during a zombie apocalypse? And I'm pretty sure I would be the number one pick. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure everyone would want to be running around with me. um, Because you always got to hang out with somebody that you're willing to just throw into the horde (laughs) if you need to get away. (laughs) Well, also, I mean, I would probably run out of things to say eventually. And Tim wouldn't. So if you want someone to talk to till the end of time, Tim will talk to you till the end of time. (laughs) And here I am. And with that... I think it was another wonderful episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. We'd like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head on over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you become a member and a supporter of the network. And check out the shop if you want to buy some amazing exclusive merch, including the 300-episode t-shirts that we got together, which pays the Ponzi scheme for the new team kit that we'll be putting together. Um, Also... Major um, props and shout-outs to Buckler Skincare for their continued support. Head over to Buckler Skincare for the Miracle Wap chamois cream and our good friends over at Grimper Brothers for the Grimper Brothers coffee. Head to wideanglepodium.com slash coffee. Big shout to BK1 of Rhymestars Entertainment for the intro and outro music. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Boston reminding you to always wave and all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.